This is episode 99 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your hosts, Tim Bowen. Much like the pirate code, these are guidelines, not rules. Arr, they're more like guidelines. And Steven Johnson. You're a hip, up-to-date, techno-savvy, uh, internet-following man. Well said, Stephen. Today, the guys dip into the listener mailbag once again to answer questions like this. How do you use VWAP as an indicator? And this. What advice can you give me on how to make the most of my time in the challenge and when and how do you think I should actually start trading? And this. What is backtasting? And yes, even this. I love you guys. Learned a lot. Can we keep convincing Steven to trade long? Since he keeps playing long plays and shorts all the time. It's another great episode. Great enough to make crusty pirate man Tim Bowen count to three like this. Five, four, three. Yep, it's just that good. And it's starting right now. Enjoy. Five, four, three. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. In today's episode, we're answering your questions. We love answering your questions. You know, we, we do this podcast for the, for the listener. You know, we like to give back. That's why we do it for free. Hopefully you learn something on the treadmill or on the drive to work. And we've got four great questions today. Um, we actually multiple questions kind of built into them. So there's actually more than four. We, we took questions from four listeners, I should say. UAP, how we use it, what it is. You know, we, we kind of break it down why we follow VWAP. I mean, a lot of people are like, why do you guys care so much about it? We talk about that. And then also I give you a breakdown of how to actually create a scanner for those afternoon VWAP plays. Hopefully you're using stocks to trade. Obviously I'm a little biased, but you could actually replicate this in other software. Um, so we kind of break that down. And then Paula had a great question. Paula's new to the Tim Sykes challenge and she was looking for a little bit of advice on, on how to best maximize her time and best take advantage of the challenge. Obviously, Stephen and I both came through the challenge, both got started there. So we talk about that. You know, if, if you're interested in the Tim Sykes challenge or maybe you're already in it, I think there's some inf- good info there on how to make the best of it. There's a lot of content in the challenge. So I think it's, it's a good question. Jeff talk, asks about uh, backtesting, you know, testing these stocks, looking for patterns. Um, Steven and I kind of have a little bit of a differing opinion on backtesting, but I think it was a good conversation. And then he also talks about, you know, you know, Jeff is kind of, he's currently in a little bit of a slump and, and was looking for our advice on how to work through that slump. I mean, it will happen. You will hit bad spots in trading. The biggest thing, survive them. And we talk about that. Then last question is Chris. Um, is, you know, Chris and, and I together try and convince Steven to be, to, to maybe look at going long some of these plays and that, that he, he shorts frequently. And, you know, and, and actually you might be surprised. I actually backed off, you know, beating up on Steven for once. And, and I think that, uh, you know, some of these trades, they're great short setups. It's just, you gotta stick to your stop. And, and we also talk about that. And then we break down, we finish out with more discussion of cash accounts margin accounts, the PDT, how they affect buying power, uh, what you can do, the pros and cons. So again, be sure to submit those questions. I think this was a great episode. Hope you enjoy it. Hey there, Steady Trade listeners. Now we all know that Tim Bowen is the lead trainer for Stocks to Trade, but how many of you listeners actually use Stocks to Trade? 
Have any of you never even tried it at all? Well, if so, today you're in luck because Stocks to Trade is now offering a 14-day trial for only seven dollars. Now, this means that for the price of a pretty good hamburger, you can spend two weeks of your time getting familiar with the platform to see if it's really as good as people say it is. And people say it's pretty good. My name is Luis from Los Angeles, California. I'm a brand new trader. Been using Stocks to Trade now for just a little over a year. I highly recommend it to anyone.、Uh, it's definitely a program created for traders by traders. Very fluid, highly intuitive.、Um, it's got amazing pre-market scanners, and the best part is that you can even create your own screeners.、Uh, so for a newbie like me, it's nice having those training wheels and also the opportunity to kind of learn on my own and grow from there. So if you're not a stocks traded user, I highly recommend that you become one. But here's the best part: if you sign up for this 14-day trial, you'll also get access to Stocks to Trade University, the learning hub, where you can watch 14 videos with Tim Bowen walking you through each feature. Of the platform, so if you haven't tried Stocks to Trade, take advantage of this 14-day promo while you still can. Go to the website StocksToTrade.com/14daytrial. That's StocksToTrade.com/14daytrial. All run together, one word. Go take advantage of this promotion today. The data provided during the trial period is provided by Nasdaq Last Sale and does not offer OTCBB or Level Two. This promotion is for new users only. Welcome, guys, to the Steady Trade Podcast. This is our two-part episode where we previously looked at ROAN in terms of analysis.、Uh, di- now, what we're going to do is l- go through some of your questions because we always like to get feedback. This is a two-way street. Un unos de And、uh, this is about making it about you. So I'm going to keep up. Stephen, you, you you sound a little distracted. Yeah, ROAN looked like I was going to snap, <laughs> and it's just pushed up a little bit of volume. So so if you、uh, th- this episode will、uh, will come out after the live trading episode of ROAN. So、um, watch that first. Notice、yeah. notice, notice how Stephen is is distracted while recording, and and at the end of. That previous episode, Stephen tried suckered me into following his trade while we were recording the <laughs> podcast. <laughs>、uh, that's the last push. It's about to crack. It's the last push. It's about to crack. So let's wait, I, let's get the questions. They have, they've、I、already heard this. It's like a、it. time machine, Marty、okay. McFly. They already know what happened. So, well, you're, you're more like Biff. You you kind of remind me of Biff. This first question, I'm reading off my phone. That's why I'm looking at it. This first question is from Randy Savage. Correction, that's a wrestler. Randy, Carter. <laughs> Randy Savage is going to choke slam. Now, Randy Carter says, "How do you use VWAP as an indicator, or using a scanner one or one?" I mean, I can I can certainly answer the first part of the question of how do you use VWAP as an indicator.、Uh, when, when, before you start, be sure to check out Jake the Snake Roberts discussing. Randy Savage on the Joe Rogan podcast, where 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 Jake the Snake sicked his snake on Randy Macho Man Savage, one of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. So now go on VWeb. I hope that you're an MMA fan, Tim, because if you're watching wrestling but you're not watching MMA, it's disgusting. Stephen, remember how old I am? Remember, I MMA did not exist when I was your age. But you're a you're a hip, up to date, techno savvy. Uh, internet following man, 
So yeah, just 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 please get into it because you'll love it. But uh, in terms of VWAP, very very simply, quoting Tim Gratani from the challenge webinars, almost verbatim. I said it in previous episodes. If the only way you, I would use VWAP is, I, to be honest, there's a couple of ways. But the way I learned initially from Tim Gratani was, if if the stock is above VWAP, the buyers are in control. If it's below VWAP, the sellers are in control. So it's just a good way of knowing if the stock's bullish or bearish. Now, the the more recent way that I just saw that that a lot of people use VWAP is if you get if you get any kind of morning push on a on a spike intraday, like you never ever ever want to be chasing a big move. So often the best thing to do. And what a lot of people kind of do right now is become, become somewhat of a trend is they'll wait for it to come down to VWAP and then they'll risk off VWAP. Um, and I see that happening loads uh, and it will always come back down to VWAP. You can buy that. I did it the other day. What was the stock that I, I bought the other day and you, you were watching it on the stories? Ooh, I don't, I don't recall. And, and it was a good buy and I made about 11 or 12% off it. And that was buying nice, off nice. VWAP. I can't, I can't yeah, remember I don't, this, I don't remember. this stock name. Failed ultimately because the market's rubbish right now, which is another reason why Ron should fail. So yeah, when it comes up, you can buy off that VWAP or if it's a short and the stock washes out, but you don't want to be too early, you don't want to trade the first three minutes of the day, let it pop back up to VWAP and use that as your risk. And the third way of using VWAP, I'll, I'll let Tim say because it's his favorite ever strategy of the afternoon, the afternoon push off VWAP. So a couple things I do want to point out. Great. Well done. I mean, there were some good points in there. Um, so something I do want to point out, you know, VWAP is volume weighted average price. Um, something I say all the time, I don't really care about the math. I mean, I know the math, how VWAP works. But remember, all of these technical indicators, you're just looking for a self-fulfilling prophecy. One of the reasons you'll, the, the, you know, Randy Macho Man Savage asked, asked this question was, he hears us talk about VWAP all the time. Why do we talk about it all the time? Because everybody talks about it. So that, I know that sounds very loosey-goosey or whatever, but the reason you want it on your charts is 99% of day traders are watching VWAP. So it, be, it, it can't help but become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And Stephen's totally right, especially because remember, VWAP is based on the daily price. It's, it's one of my favorite indicators, especially because I love the afternoon setups. So you've got a lot of data. You know, the data is based on that four hours, six hours, seven hours of candles as you go into the afternoon. And it's a good indication of bullish or bearishness. You know, uh, if you've got, and where I'm looking at, and he mentioned the, the afternoon spiker, and I'm going to talk about the screener too, the second part of, of the uh, uh, question. So you've got that big gainer. That's below VWAP late afternoon. Now, as always, you have, it's not a guaranteed. You have to have a plan. You have to have yeah. a stop. You got that big gainer on sketchy news. It's under VWAP afternoon. That's your short setup. Now, not every time these are just, you know, these are, uh, uh, much like the pirate code. These are guidelines, not rules or whatever, however he says it in the pirate. Arr, they're more like guidelines. But, uh, and then same thing with that big gainer that's held all day. And then perks above the app, that's your bullish setup. So then, last part, how do you screen for it? Um, what I use, and, and we actually have these in Stocks to Trade Pro, and I think I posted them in some of the free webinars. It's a pretty simple scanner. It's just looking for all of those criteria. Uh, big volume, big move. And then what I look for on those screener criteria is a stock that is either 2% above 
or less or 2% below or more. So that gives you, and if you're watching on YouTube, I'm doing my dumb hand gestures, that gives you a stock that I call is hugging VWAP. So it's either 2% above or 2% below. And there, that, I mean, that's how you make that basic screener. And when that thing fails late day, you hammer it short. When it spikes above, maybe above the high day, that's your buy point. So that, that's how, yeah. how, how you use it and as well as how you screen for it. And and uh, and if you if you're not watching um, YouTube, then you can on Stocks to Trade. You can just create the screen as, and you don't need to watch Tim's hand gestures, and they'll be much more accurate and much more professional. Well said, well said. <laughs> and then you'll get the stocks in real time, as well as the 52 week highs, the top percent gain as, the VWAP holds, the low float run as. You, you get it all on 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 STT. And last thing I want to say is, I I can't generally after a number of years of trading, um you can kind of just get a sense within two minutes of looking at a stock, whether it's a good stock or a bad stock, because you've just seen so many of them. So I can't really help you with that. But what I can say is if you do have a sense that it's a good stock, a lot of other traders will, so they'll buy off VWAP. If it's not such a good setup, then maybe you don't want to be buying off VWAP. Maybe you want to be like risking off the double bottom, if if at all, just to give yourself a better risk reward. And, and that's the final that's the final tip. Well said. So question number two is, I have been a Tim Sykes Challenge student for about two months. I've been studying and going through his material as well as following his watch list on a daily basis. My plan was to subscribe to Stocks to Trade and start trading once I felt comfortable with what I've learned from my studying for the actual purposes of paper trading. The challenge would be an awesome opportunity to get my feet wet in the trading world before going into it in my actual hard-earned money. What advice can you give me on how to make the most of my time in the challenge and when and how do you think I should actually start trading? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I can start with that um, by saying that it, it just, it really depends on your personality. I've always been one that has wanted to learn something and then try and put it into practice as quickly as possible because by learning, then practicing, then repeating, um, I think it reinforces the knowledge faster and more efficiently and I think the more times you fail and you will fail initially the more times you fail the closer you are to then success so my advice would be step in step in very small step in with paper trading initially if need be but try your best to find a broker with one dollar commission so if you're trading with a 200 300 account you're only trading 10 20 shares you're only losing a couple of bucks here and there and it doesn't matter if you don't beat the commissions because that's not the point. The point is to put into practice what you've learned on the challenge. So let me, uh, I, I will, now whether or not this is the best way, I'll tell you the way I used the challenge going back 12 years ago. So what I would do, and, and this is this is what I recommend as well. I think it I think it worked well for me. I think it was a good process. You know, I would start with watching all of the DVDs, you know, all of, all of that archived content. It's amazing. I know penny stocking part one is like from 2008, but the patterns are there. The, the, the analysis is there. Watch all of those DVDs, then start watching as many of the, the archived webinars you can in reverse chronological order. Now you're never going to get through all of them. Try and attend as many of the live webinars as possible. There's a, you know, they're open Q and A. You get access to Mark Crook. You get access to Gratani, Michael Good, Tim Lento, Tim Sykes. Sometimes I fill in. I mean, there's a lot of, great stuff there, then 
What you want to do is one of your biggest goals as a newer growing trader is trying to figure out which freaking stocks to trade, okay? Building a watch list is one of the biggest uh, hurdles. You know, you, I mean, you don't, I mean, you don't know what to look for. So this is what I did. I would, you know, I've, I would get the email from Tim Sykes with his watch list. I would always do my watch list before I opened that email or before I got yeah. And then I would try and see, is there, are things matching up? And if they aren't met, and, and again, it's not like Tim has every stock in play, but he's got most of them on there. Most time he's got 10 or 12 stocks on there. You want to start cross-referencing. And if you've got a stock and he doesn't, why? You know, it might be volume. It might be, you know, could be the chart, you know, could be a lot of things. So start trying to, for lack of a better term, reverse engineer his process and if you're, or, or he's got stocks and you don't, you know, why? What's the why behind those differing watch lists? Then, and this is what I would, I would beg you to do, like Steven said, paper trade or trade small, you know, and, and don't follow alerts. Um, a, a, another thing I would do, I, I wouldn't, you know, Tim Sykes sends alerts. I wouldn't even open the emails. I'd look at them at the end of the day and did I trade the same stock? Was I interested in the trades in the same stock? And, and again, try and you're trying to reverse engineer that process. You're trying to get to that same point. So I think that's the best way. Watch the DVDs, watch as many live webinars as possible. And I think that watch list is a big asset. Try, don't open his and try and duplicate it. Yeah. And that's, that's something I definitely used to do as well. And I used to get excited when I thought, yeah, I've got a couple of the same ones, Yep, but just, but just then slowly you get more and more and more. And then slowly you'll be in the same trade he is. And sometimes you'll be in before and you'll be like, Tim, I didn't follow that alert as in before you were just thinking the same thing at the same time. Which is, Uh, remember, that's a great thing to track as well. You know, that's why, again, I wouldn't even open the alerts and, and a lot of, you know, this is going back to 2008 or whatever. I'd be like, Whoa, Maybe I'm getting this. I was I was in the same stock and I didn't even know. I didn't even look at the alert. So Yeah, and, and also the chat room, just to just to yep. see what Tim Gratani's trading, what Michael Good's trading, what Sykes is trading. It's good to see or what even Hoodie's trading or Roland's trading when they're yep. posting the in there sometimes. Um but the other thing would be just the trading tickets D V D was just yes. monumental. Which is the, which is the, if you're, if you're not familiar, that's, that's the Tim Grittani DVD. Yeah. But just simply for the fact that you will see trading is four go-to patterns every time or six go-to patterns. And you'll look for patterns on the daily chart because everyone chases things intraday when they're first learning. And Tim Grittani kind of grounds you and Tim Sykes in a lot of the webinars with this first green day or with the penny stocking framework, penny stocking frameworks, another good DVD. It teaches you to look at the daily, and that's exactly the most important thing that Liz learned on the paper trading challenge who came in second. It, like, she was so resistant to scalping uh, intraday charts, and over a six-month period, she learned to trade the daily. So I'd say make sure you watch all the DVDs, but watch trading tickers and watch Penny Stocking Framework. Next is, what is backtesting? I paper traded for about a year. Trading now for four months with a small account and was doing okay, but the last four weeks I'm down 50%. Back with some fear of failure, what should I do? So 
Um, I'm going to, I'm going to answer what is back testing and then you can cool. take, take the other questions. So back testing is cool. I don't know if it's necessarily that useful in these low price stocks because one of the biggest fallacies. So, so what is back testing? Back testing is, you know, you take, you go back and you simulate trading this stock on a day like six months ago and see what happened. That's cool, but you're not, you know, you're not in the heat of the moment. You know, if, 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 if you listen to a previous episode where Steven was live trading, I mean, there was some, a lot of motions there and he's trading with a small account. You know, it's not like even if this stock blows him up, it, it doesn't really matter. But he's got skin in the game. He's got emotion. So back testing is a little flawed in that. And the other thing I don't like is so many people get suckered into, you know, all of, all of these penny stocks ultimately fail, you know. So every single one of them that spikes a week later, a month later, two months later, it drops all the way back. So I think back testing in low priced momentum stocks kind of lures you into thinking that, oh, they all crash. I'm just going to stay in it. Next thing you know, you're in a BPTH, you're in a Dries, you're in a KBIO, you know, a HEAR, uh, whatever. And then you're blown up because you're like, well, wait, in the past it crashed. Well, maybe it was the next day, maybe it was the fourth day or whatever. So. No, and, and that's so important. And that's what, that's where I, I was basically the first couple of years trading, uh, ended up overall profitable. And I was seriously back testing. I had all of the data and I thought, and it was like 70, 80% of these stocks fail. Uh, when the gap up first green day, when the gap up more than 30, 40%, biotechs and uh, not too high volume, highish float, they all fail. And then I backtested that. And then I was like, my data is dead right. And I only had a 100, 120, 150 trades. Market got mega bullish. Everything started running. And I just took pounding after pounding after pounding. And because I had the data, I'd used that. And uh, and it just totally turned against us. And the market can change. It's totally unpredictable. It can do whatever it wants. So sometimes data is on your side. Sometimes data is not on your side. What What's probably more important is to try and really gauge what's going on right now in the market and react to the small changes that are happening in the day and notice them and don't hold on to them because they change again. And and in my opinion, back and I'm not like bashing back testing. I'm just I just just don't fall in love with it. But in my opinion, you should be doing like your own back testing via like Steve mentioned, real time today. Okay. You know, what did you do today? Now do it with paper trade or do it with really small size. What happened today? What happened yesterday? What happened last week? To be set, you know, again, in day trading, to be testing something from 2016, I just don't know if that's really necessarily that helpful. So um, last thing I would say to Jeff, um, first of all, congrats on being okay. He doesn't say how well he was doing. But the last four weeks, he's down 50%. Uh, Jeff, uh, losses beget losses, winners beget winners. Uh, best thing I can tell you to do when you're in a slump is reduce your size or paper trade. I mean, don't let your account get grown, ground down into oblivion when you're in a slump. I mean, best baseball players do it. I mean, athletes all the time, you hit slumps. Steven's dating life, it frequently happens. You know, he goes, Nine, ten years in a slump, you know, and so, so reduce your size, go to paper trading until you get consistent again, because consistency is your goal. You know, don't, your number one goal is to stay in the game. Don't let your account get ground into oblivion when you're in the middle of a slump. 
Yeah, and easier said than done as well. And just have some sure. skin. Have some skin because yeah. uh, Papa Joe was made 8K last month and he's took a couple of years. Or Papa John, either one. But Papa John, Papa Joe, Papa John. He's took a couple of years to, to get good. I've, I've been in a couple of years. I've had me ups and downs. Have some skin, stay in the game, make sure you've got enough to stay in the game. And, and backtest, what, backtest your trades. What am I making money on? What am I not making money on? Am I better long or short? Stuff like that, but not, not really day to day as much. Uh, the, 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 the next question. Oh, God. The last yeah. question. Popping. The last question, and I, I have to read this because uh, it's personal to me. <laughs> Jeez, I'll be laughing that he put it in. I think, said, you, should, I you. think you should. Why don't, I, I have a request. Will you, will you honor my request? It depends what it is. With the no, Fine. yes or no? Yep, yep, yep. I want you to sing this question. Nice. And what to what song? <laughs> I just sing it. I don't know. I love you guys. Learned a lot. Can we keep convincing Steven to trade long? Since he keeps playing long plays and shorts all the time. You said something along the lines of, if you're in a cash account, you're not restricted by PDT, only margin. What's the difference? <laughs> Man, it was going so well. But, you know, you know, the love, the love is what I wanted you to start to focus on it. And I felt love. the love. We're singing that. So love after love. Um, so there's two questions here. Yeah. Yep. First question. Can you convince Stephen to trade long since he keeps playing long plays shorts? It's not true. It's not true. What happens is I take consistent, uh, consistent gains on shorts and then I get emotionally involved and egotistical and arrogant and then I don't cut one and it blows us up. So the real question is, can you teach Stephen to cut his shorts, which are stupid, uh, when he gets overconfident? So uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, let you, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, you. I'll offer a little bit. Of, um, you know, again, I'm I'm working on Stephen. I, I now you have gone long more recently, I think, but uh, yeah, um, much more long and uh, profitably as well. Made some, made some, made a bit of cash going long as well. You know, so you've in, got to float high volume. I, I know. I, I know we, we, it's a recurring theme on the podcast, you know, me bashing these day one shorts and Steven and I have fun on social media and stuff, but yeah, I mean, uh, Steven, I mean, he nailed it. You know, I, I, you could short, I mean, you could short the best company in the world. Okay. If Apple announces an amazing new iPhone and it gaps up 50%, which Apple never would, but you get my point. I mean, it gaps up. It's, it's the incredible, most amazing iPhone since Steve Jobs. You could short it. But just stick to your stop. I mean, that is the, that's the flaw. I mean, short anything, short the phone book if you want, every ticker in the phone book, but you got to stick to your stops. That is the secret sauce. You can't take those big losses because your one big loss takes, you know, takes you out for a month worth of good trades. And, and everyone does it like, you like sure. it's so been there, done that, brother. So common that you'll have a good run of three months, then you'll throw it away. Um, and, and I still, I don't know what the secret is to, to my, I think the discipline is just staying in the game long enough to learn. But the, the last part of the question, I'll let you answer because I'm, I'm in sunny Dubai. So I'm, I'm not really restricted by PDT with cash and margin and stuff like that. Um, I've always used margin as a gambler. Uh, but, but yeah, I think, I think if you're in a cash account, you don't have to be under PDT. Is that is that true? Or does yeah, yeah. And so, so always, always, always verify with your broker. With any, with any, I always tell people broker related questions, whether it be fees, whether it be borrows, whether it be how they treat margin. 
always go straight to the horse's mouth, but I can elaborate a little bit. So let's, let's define some terms. So a cash account, you can only trade with whatever cash is in your account. You got a thousand bucks, you got a thousand bucks of buying power. That's a cash account. A margin account is great sometimes. Okay. The beauty of a margin account is you can trade 2x, 4x. If you're in a sketchy broker, 10 times. I've seen a hundred times leverage before. So a margin account allows you to leverage up is the term. So now, I mean, if I'm most, pretty much any broker will give you two to one leverage. So you got a thousand bucks, you can trade $2,000 worth of stock. So under a cash account, in this example, you could buy a thousand shares of a $1 stock. If you've got a margin account, you could buy 2000 shares of a dollar stock. Now, margin People fall in love with it because it magnifies your gains, but this is the biggest thing you have to remember. That sword cuts both ways. So margin magnifies your winners, but it magnifies your losers. So you have to be just ridiculously, if you're trading on margin, which I don't recommend as a new trader, you have to be bulletproof sticking to your plan. Now, the other caveat is you cannot short with a cash account. So that's something to keep in mind. You do have to have a margin account to short sell stocks. Um, so if you now, if you're not a short bias trader, you can just use a cash account. You're less likely to get in trouble because you're not going on margin. And if you got a small account, if you're, if you got a small account and you're going into margin to short a stock, it's not going to end well that often. Um, and then the last part of the question is, most brokers, as far as I know, now some of them treat it differently. If you're in the U.S., you're, you're limited by the PDT. We've done tons of podcasts on that. But most brokers, if you are in a cash account, you are not limited by those three-day trades in a rolling five-day period. So um, you can be more, quote-unquote, agile. Now, different brokers are going to settle your cash differently. So keep in mind... You may have all the day trades you want with a cash trade or with a cash account, but your broker may take a day or so to settle your cash. So you may still not be able to trade. That, that's the annoying thing. I wish it was, it was different, but you aren't bound by the PDT. But when it comes to settling out your cash, you may come in. You may have had like four winning trades yesterday, but if your, if your broker doesn't settle your cash for a day or two, you'll show up, you'll have zero buying power and you can't trade with zero buying power. Yeah. And I've been through that as well. I've been through that, that problem of two, it's like called two plus two, two yep. plus three. It's like time plus two days, time plus three days. Uh, everyone's just spiking. Jesus, bit of volume there, but, um, not too bad. There's still can come down yet. But just the final thing that I would say is, the most important lesson of it all is you can go into debt with your broker. So don't just think I'm, I'm just blew up me $500 account. I'm just going to stop. I'm done. Uh, still close out the trade because you can go into minus. And uh, I think that's a, and, that, and it's true. A lot of people think it's not true. I've been into minus for more than a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's funny. We, 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 we've mentioned that a few times and, and uh, you know, we love your comments, but some of the, some of the most like quote unquote hate we get is people are like, you can't, Oh, you're broker money. And Steven lived it like two weeks ago. So yeah, believe me, you can owe your broker money and it sucks. Like I've had less nights out because of that. I've, that I've noticed your, I noticed both your kneecaps were busted. So 
You sent me that picture of that dead horse in your bed, too. So Honestly, I, I was talking to the broker on chat, and they were like, you have to give us that money back, by the way. I'm like, yeah, yeah, good luck. I'm in Dubai. <laughs> <See you later. laughs> good, good luck getting it off his. See you later. <laughs> like, just try. Just try. But uh, in, in the end, I paid them back without any threats because I'm a good, noble human, and I uh, well want well the universe to treat as well. Um, in summary, just to end, we promised we'd give an, an update on, on, on Roan. Um, it's spiking on pretty big volume right now, but it looks like it's just stuffing again on, on a, on a three minute chart. It's, it's pushing equal volume to what it did previously, um, around the 1202, 1204 area, but it's not getting as far. It's making similar volume, but it's actually not making as much traction. Looks like it's getting sold into. The wicks look a bit bigger. So, um, again, I mean, it doesn't, it does, although it is spiking, it doesn't, doesn't look really too promising to me unless it follows up with another few hundred thousand over the next couple of minutes. But the beauty is, looks like it's stuffing again. The beauty is you've got to stop, baby. 616, right? Right? Well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it 630, 640, 650. God, no! <laughs> oh, I failed, I failed, I failed. Honestly, if it, it's top four times, yeah, one, two, three, four. Did they make? You can go out to the listeners. So, like, you know, like my dog has like one of those shot collars with the buttons. Does anybody got? Is anybody make like a Wi-Fi one where I could like hit that button? So, thanks again for listening to Steady Trade Podcast. You know, we I, I say it all the time, but we love your questions. My some of my most favorite episodes are exactly these Q&A episodes. These came straight from the email. You go to steadytrade.com, shoot us an email. Remember, from time to time, we also do the audio questions. So if you want to be on the podcast, you want to hear your voice on the podcast, instead of, you know, mine breaking in, cutting Stephen off all the time, you can hear your own voice on the podcast. So you hit that submit audio at steadytrade.com. Or, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, just drop it in the comments. We read every comment uh, and would love to have your questions. So thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time. Hi, this is Nathan from San Jose, California. And I like to drive into work while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast until I fired my boss and made myself my own. You too can register to win real actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com, and make steady trading a real-time gig. If you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating. Write a glowing review on iTunes. I did. And this is how we say goodbye in the Silicon Valley. See you next time.